Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. back to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way to learn about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined by top London radio DJ, and uh, I'm running out of ways to describe you, Pete, but he's a really nice guy, a Japanophile, and he's just interviewed Simon Pegg. How you doing, Pete? I don't care what you call me, Chris, just call me. That's all I ask. Yeah, I do, it's Wednesday. been a busy morning. I've been yeah. chatting to Simon Pegg about the new um, Ready Player One film. Uh, which is a smorgasbord of... They've just taken all the video game characters in the last 20 years and just mm. thrown them into a film and went, yeah, that'll do. That'll that'll uh, satisfy. That'll say it, the geeks. But, Have you watched uh, it? As a geek myself, I didn't... Yeah, I didn't buy it, to be honest, massively. Why, but, uh, why not? It's, it's, well, it was just like they used... They spent loads of money licensing all of these characters, like the Iron Giant and all the ones mm. from Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter 2 and stuff like that. Um, but they used them in such a cynical way that it just makes me think, what a waste of money that is, because... Because the kids who are going to go and watch that film, the 10-year-olds, the 11-year-olds, the 12-year-olds, mm. aren't going to know who the four-armed man in Mortal Kombat was. Goro, I believe his name was. Um, uh, somebody told me that recently. And um, the, the geeks who actually remember those characters from Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter 2, they weren't using a very sort of clever way. It was like mm. literally going, oh, look at that. And then they'd play a harsh take on me or oh, some Duran Duran. It was just like, it was very cynical. I know I you like you, that you, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, you've, bra- you've just brought it back from the brink <laughs> for me. One of your favourite video games is um, uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. And that was used in a very organic way. The, the 80s music on that mm. thing was used in a very organic way. But I think in, um, in this um, situation, they, they, they were a little less uh, careful. And what did you tell Simon <laughs> Pegg? Well, as discussed, uh, Chris, you are not getting away with this one, to be quite frank. <laughs> I told you that Simon Pegg was coming in. I was going to have a chat with him about um, Ready Player One. And uh, you said, uh, you quite like Simon Pegg and you used to watch Space back in the day. For anyone who's who's, um, in America, Space is a TV show from uh, the 90s, very um, kind of stoner comedy. Uh, You know, it was a big thing back in the day. Uh, And that's where Simon Pegg got his start, before Shaun of the Dead, before Hot Fuzz and all those ones. And, uh, yeah, basically there was a scene in there that um, had a... a, I'm going to have to bring up Robot Wars now, aren't I? So Robot Wars, this is why they got got me excited, basically. Uh, Robot Wars was a... Um, TV game show where um, people would build robots or remote control kind of automatons who would basically just hack the crap out of each other. I yeah. think you had a version in America. I think you had versions all yeah, around the world. But America, it was yeah. a yeah, it Something was a like bloody that. big deal in America for in in the UK for quite some time. And I, uh, you mentioned <laughs> that your dad and you were somehow involved in Robot Wars. Now your dad built one of my favourite robots, Killatron. 
which you don't was remember, a... You, you can't remember that. That's ridiculous. That's like... I really, really do. It was, it was 10, 15 years ago. It now. was very much, it was very much one of my um, favourite robots. There was one that used to rotate, and there was Killatron that used to have just this big old bloody axe, and it used to beat the sh- crap out you know, of I've everyone. I've completely forgotten about and, uh, Robot Wars. <laughs> and I think it's, it restarted recently on British TV, but before that, I'd forgotten all yes. about it. But in the early 2000s well, and late 90s, it was massive in the UK. And even though my dad... <laughs> Was on it, and they, they, like he, he and his friends who are on the team, actually got to the semi-finals of Robot Wars. But I really didn't give a toss about yeah. it. So all my all my <laughs> classmates at school were like talking about Robot Wars. I was like, I don't, don't actually watch it. So sorry. Yeah. But I, I did get if to you... feature on it a little bit at the ripe old age of twelve. And I remember they had to keep refilming the scene where they introduced the robot and the team because I just kept laughing. The camera would turn to me and they'd be like, hello, I'm Chris, and and I'd just laugh. And they had to refilm <laughs> the scene like five or six times. And that was my first ever experience of being exposed to, to television. It's hard to overstate how popular Robot Wars was and it's hard to overstate how impressed I am that Chris was involved in Robot Wars on the television. And back how does that tie to Simon Pegg? Because uh, uh, Simon Pegg's TV show Spaced had a Robot Wars scene in it. It did, uh, didn't it? and that's uh, yeah. So and the robot, uh, no, the robot just, you know, in, in Space was actually had like some sort of axe on it. Uh, so it I, was a Killatron pastiche. It Chris. was. I, I always thought they were simple, like Killatron or something. They'd kind of seen that and been inspired by it. <laughs> That's the only thing, the only reason I actually care about Robot Wars. It might have influenced an episode <laughs> in my favourite sitcom in the nineties. So yeah, <laughs> at least you get to meet Very Simon Pegg today. But- That's pretty good. Pretty lucky. Well, yeah, I've been nice in the room nice editing job. all day. You get to interview Simon Pegg. I often wonder no. <laughs> who's winning here in the line of work. But uh, so other than that, you've uh, you've been busy. You, you um, I mean, this this show's going to go out a little bit later on uh, during this month. But uh, you're going to be on uh, national television tomorrow yeah, morning. Tomorrow morning at the time of filming. So tomorrow morning, I'm on uh, national television. I don't know a great deal about it. So basically, I went to do a a seminar with my friend Riotaro, who often appears in the videos. And uh, mm. we gave a, sem- a seminar about how to use social media to p- like promote towns and things. And uh, I gave lessons on how to use Instagram. And it was really awkward because I-, I don't really use Instagram that much. I don't. I- I'm not actually good at Instagram. And uh, like this TV crew just followed me around for all day, filming me giving a class to these Japanese locals on how to use Instagram. It's really awkward. My lessons are really <laughs> crap. It's like, <laughs> look at this view. Yeah, it's just really awkward. But, um, yeah, and so it's going to be on National News tomorrow morning, and I don't know where to watch it. I'm often... I've been on, like, Japanese news several times in the last year, but I never know the channel or the show it's on. So I have to rely on, like, viewers on Twitter sending me the video later if they see it. Mm. And that's basically what I rely on. In- interesting fact, though... Um, of all the times I've been on TV, it never actually leads to anything. People often ask, oh, did you get more subscribers? Oh, did anything happen? It doesn't really happen. You know, it doesn't. Mm. It's pretty disappointing. It sounds like I'm being really I, I, negative and ungrateful, but uh, I'm not. I'm, being, I'm just, being, just being honest. It, it doesn't lead well, no. to anything happening. Really? But it's a good experience. Kind of, um, the, the, the people who would be internet savvy, the sort of people who would be watching your videos, and of course, listening to the podcast, uh, possibly mm. a little bit younger. People are off to work, yeah, especially exactly. on breakfast television as well. You know, television isn't as big as it used to be, I suppose. I think it's, that's probably, it's probably quite big for the uh, slightly older generation. Mm, mm. But I I'd mean, love to see the figures, Chris. <laughs> clearly not. <laughs> uh, but this week, speaking of robots and that, 
We always think of uh, Japan as being very futuristic. If you go into any Tokyo hands, you'll uh, often see a robot sort of dithering around. You and Tokyo um, hands. But Japan, Japan isn't, uh, isn't as isn't as advanced as you think it might be. Uh, so uh, this week we thought we'd sort of look at maybe some of the myths about Japan, the sort of stuff that you kind of think about as you're coming down in the Haneda or Narita Airport and then you get off the plane and then you're like, oh, it's completely different. So, uh, yeah, Myths About Japan is going to be this uh, week's show. And to kick things off, I've done three... I've put three myths to the good people of Twitter. The good thing about Twitter is you can mm. put out a poll at a moment's notice. I put out this poll, three polls, in the last hour, and each one has got at least 600 votes. So if you want to do, if you ever want to do a poll, Twitter's the key, it seems. I don't know, don't know why that is, but anyway. <laughs> so the first one I put to the good people of Twitter was... Uh, Japanese vending machines are so crazy and weird. Myth, true and false. Because I often, I often find that uh, people think vending machines in Japan have like loads of weird stuff in, like used underwear. That's the most popular yeah. one. In fact, you've even, I think even you have brought it up more than once to me. When I'm fairly about it. certain. I'm fairly certain <laughs> I did not bring it up as you in where, where is it, Chris? <laughs> Let me know where the secret vending machines are. But it's one of those things that um, Pete Donaldson exposed. I think it was. It was perpetrated in like the TV shows, certainly in the UK of the 80s and the 90s, uh, Euro Trash and things like that. Uh, that would look at the wacky yeah. world of Japan and all that stuff, and we'd be told that you know crazy shit was in, in, in vending machines. But it obviously it's not the case, and I'm sure if there ever was a vending machine that dispensed used pants, it was in a sex shop or in somewhere ra- rather uh, uh, yeah. not very salubrious. But but they are. I think the weirdest thing about J- Japanese vending machines is that they're just so ubiquitous. Like, they are, yeah. If you like fizzy pop, you are quids in, guys. You are. There is a vending machine three um, feet away from every other vending machine. It's incredible. Yeah, I see. So the results, well, the results of the poll were that uh, Japanese vending machines are so crazy and weird. True, forty-eight percent. False, fifty-two percent. So it's kind of divided. Ah, but what, my my two cents on it is uh, that yeah, they're, they're everywhere, but. They're not weird. You're right. They have just just normal things in, like fizzy pop and chocolate and stuff. So mm. I think the weirdest thing I've ever seen is just clothes in a vending machine. But that's oh, clothes in a vending machine. Well, like I have actually seen well, like packaged. Shirts, I've like seen like packaged underwear, like normal underwear, and I've seen t-shirts <laughs> and socks and things. But I don't. Is that yeah. is that weird? I remember buying some. Um you know those screens, those LCD um, kind of visors you used to be able to buy back in the day? They were like these kind of, um, they had LCD, they were like crappy um, virtual reality headsets, but you could just watch a film on them. You could watch mm. a bit of James Bond on your iPod. And um, I bought one of them in uh, JFK Airport once um, for a ridiculous amount of money because I had a ridiculous amount of dollars left. I was like, oh, I've got to get rid of the dollars, can't get them changed anywhere. So I bought myself these stupid, and I think I used them once and then chucked them on eBay. Dreadful idea, but... Um, the one thing about Japanese uh, vending machines, I would say, is that they do have different products and there seems to be no rhyme or reason what products you're going to find in each individual one. So if you're a big fan of a particular drink or, in my case, a big fan of a particular sweet corn soup that I was very obsessed with for quite some time, um, you've, got to, you've got to go somewhere. Uh, you, you walk past the vending machine, it's not there. You walk past another vending machine, the sweet corn soup's not there. So, you know, 10 miles down well, the road, there's another... So you just stock up on this sweet corn soup because you like it so much because you're not going to see another one. That stuff's horrible. What do you like about that it? That did give me the runs. Uh, I got myself... <laughs> it's like liquid oh, I, yeah, it's not good for you. It's not good for you. I, I absolutely had to um, ruin a night out with some friends because uh, I had to go home because it gave me the runs. But I, <laughs> I, but I remember sort of starting my day. I had a tattoo round a friend's house uh, 
called Yomi, and he did a tattoo, great tattooist, uh, in his mm. house in Shibuya, and, uh, or close to Shibuya. And then I started my day by just going, oh, this is nice, this is very nice. And then every vending machine that sold this amazing soup, I would, ha- I would get a bit of a Fuel your addiction. <laughs> and, uh, and then that ruined that evening, because I was just, um, you know, wasn't in a great place, to be honest. So, yeah, don't eat all the sweet corn soup, but... Uh, but if you like a product, um, stock up because you might not see another one with that particular drink. True. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's. I think it's not just that they're everywhere, but it's the places they're in as well. Like I think mm. I mentioned that you can find them at the top of Mount Fuji. You can find them in rice fields, <laughs> like in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So, myth about J- Japanese vending machines. They're not so crazy and weird, but they are everywhere, and you will find. And they're always very well like stocked as well. Soup. And don't drink sweet. And you never lose your money. the uh, the second myth I put to the good people of Twitter was visiting Japan and this is is probably the biggest myth of all visiting Japan is like travelling into the future everything is so advanced everyone loves this myth Uh, what do you think (laughs) Pete what were the results true or false and what do you Um, think yeah that's another one actually I think you know we, we have this idea and historically maybe that was true but maybe technology stagnated slightly in Japan but if the future involved um, Philip Morris, the cigarette company, taking over everything, <laughs> uh, maybe it is the future. I don't know. But everything smells of cigarettes. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Yeah. That's, it's a, a bit so of a I, uh, yeah. dystopian future. <laughs> land of cigarettes. Japan is basically the land of cigarettes. Yeah, the results were visiting Japan is like the future, true, 20, 29%, and false, 71%. So I think that myth about Japan has just kind of faded away. Over the years, yeah, okay. it definitely did seem to be the future, like in the nineties. Like that's that's part of the reason I always kind of saw Japan as this amazing, exciting, futuristic place. It's where Tamagotchis came from. It's where Sony and Nintendo yeah. came from. Panasonic, like everything that I seem to use, I remember using in the nineties came from Japan. Whereas these days, not so mm. much. Uh, and we, but like now, actually, I remember the, one of my first thoughts when I got here was that. It's. It really isn't like the future at all. Like again, fax machines everywhere, robots is one of the, the key things we hear about Japan. But I've seen Asimo the robot. Right, it's in. Uh, it's in Tokyo in Odaiba in Future Town, and a uh, you know, kind mm. of future futuristic museum. And it came out and it's running around and it it will blow your fucking mind when you see Asimo the robot. But yeah. It it what does it do? It doesn't actually do anything. It just runs around. No, that's the it sad, can cl- depressing it can climb thing. Some stairs. Yeah, it's the sad, <laughs> depressing truth about Asimo. It doesn't uh, doesn't actually do anything of value unless you include <laughs> running around in front of spectators like a valuable thing. But uh, it feels like they they squandered the miracle of Asimo the robot. Whilst like Boston <laughs> Dynamics in America have like terrifying dogs that run around now and robots that yeah, can run, uh, jump, and do backflips. So. I would, I would take at least um, the um, those people out in America doing those horrible dog dog trial, those dog kicking trials and stuff. Um, they've got no <laughs> idea about down, making yeah. anything look ergonomic or nice. It's just at least as a mother robot is, uh, he's a good looker. He's a good looker. He does you, you look see, good. Um, you see sort of uh, robots in uh, department stores every now and again. I'm not going to mention which one, Chris. Oh. Um, but uh, but you sort of see them and you sort of like walk over and sort of say hello to them and stuff. And and that's quite nice because you sort of see that every now and again. But are you talking yeah, about Pepper the kind robot? Of, Pepper is that yes? Softbank's Pepper. Pepper the robot. That's right. So that's Softbank's the big mobile phone company, or one of them. 
It's yeah, it's like one of the big ones, and they've got this robot called right. Pepper that won't shut up. Whenever you walk past it, it's like, oh, konnichiwa, <laughs> hello. He strikes up a conversation. You're like, yeah, don't don't talk to me. Get away from me. Don't touch me, Pepper the robot. And he's I got like a little tablet a... computer built into his stomach that he can prod. Yes. <laughs> when I was uh, in, in Shibuya doing uh, Halloween, mm. uh, there was a couple of people dressed as uh, Pepper the robot. Chilling. Really? Absolutely chilling. Just frightening. Uh, how so? I'm sure we'll come on to Halloween in the future on these podcasts. So it's just, did just they have tablets? A, like a shorter than average person. <laughs> yes, they did. A shorter than average person walking around dressed as Pepper the Robot. Absolutely chilling. Just frightening. I, I mean, it might have been a child. It might have been a little girl. I don't know who was inside <laughs> that costume. Don't know if you've ever kind of found this, but uh, banking and banking in Japan is the best way of, well, like the worst way of. Like the worst way that Japan technology has manifested itself. Like the banking mm. in Japan is so far behind and so outdated. Like when I was back in the UK last month, like whipping out my phone, paying for things all the time, using my debit card to like just tap things. Yeah, that's not a thing here. Like I really miss that. I really hate. Like you, you, you can't even pay with your card for a lot of things here. Like we went. Yeah. I, I caught the bullet train down somewhere the other day and we couldn't pay by card at all we had to pay by cash and that was like that doesn't seem acceptable in this day and age not to be able to use your credit no. card you know it really doesn't and, and for a foreigner coming in and using a credit card or a debit card anywhere it's very difficult it's got a lot better the, I think I've mentioned in previous episodes it used to be uh, only one uh, off licence one um, convenience mm. store um, you were allowed to use um, foreign cards, and that used to be the Seven Eleven. So the Seven Eleven was right, like the yeah. American Embassy or the British Embassy, and people would just you know line up around the block to use their cash machines because they were the only ones that you could get money out on. Uh, and I think that's been extended to. I think Lawson's has a machine now that, that you can get money out on, which is great. But the problem being is that. Um, Again, like, you know, you can't use a credit card to pay for most things. I mean, again, only the big department stores, you can use your credit card in. Everything else is just cash. Um, uh, the subway, you can kind of use those Suica cards, which I, th- which I found out means um, watermelon it does, Suica. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I had no idea. There's no like, um, image but, of a watermelon on the cards, though, is there? So you would no. Never know. But you can go and buy um, cigarettes in machines and stuff with Suica cards because it's, a, it's linked to your age, I think. Um, but other than that... It does actually sound a lot less... When I think of it as the watermelon card, though. <laughs> don't put your watermelon, watermelon card on the list. Give me the watermelon point list. card. Like, hey. Maybe that's <laughs> why I remember loading up. up. Mm. I remember loading it up at, um, at one um, station, and I don't know what I'd done, whether I'd used all the money on it or whatever, but I remember putting a substantial amount of money on it, and it ran out immediately, or it broke, and I was just confused. I just spent the whole week going, I don't know what's happened here, to be honest. And, you know, my... Japanese is non-existent and my English uh, is rather an acquired taste itself so trying to figure out <laughs> what's happened to my card and why I can't use it uh, I was worried when I, when I got you on this podcast I was worried that loads of people would be like well, like loads of uh, non-native British speakers would be like what's he saying but so far nobody has commented <laughs> on it so I'm quite relieved no exactly I haven't seen because any negative feedback regarding your accent Oh, you were looking for it, though, weren't you, I was Chris? looking How for it, yeah. I was going to wind you up about it, but uh, <laughs> until that happens. Yeah. If you are listening to this podcast, please do leave some criticism in the Abroad Japan so <laughs> podcast at gmail.com email address. Send all yeah. your insults about wanna... Pete, and we will read them out next week. Yeah, uh, <laughs> youtube.com forward slash Abroad Japan if you want to comment on Chris's appearance uh, at any point. So uh, do get involved. Or his scarves. Don't go there, don't his go there. His selection of scarves. <laughs> yeah, I've already, I've of, already uh, received criticism for my appearance recently about the whole putting on weight thing <laughs> in in the winter oh, months. Ah, what? 
I saw I saw Natsuki the other day for the first time in months, and like, yeah, he said, "Oh, you've got fat." It was like the first thing he said to me, and I was like, "Oh, thanks, Natsuki." <laughs> so have you? So fuck you. <laughs> well, you know what, Natsuki, you give up smoking for a bit and see how uh, chunky you get, mate. All right. <laughs> yeah, you cheeky rascal. <laughs> But, uh, yeah. <laughs> He's like Kate Moss these days. And then someone else commented <laughs> earlier today that I've put on weight deliberately so I could lose weight and monetize it and make a series out of it. How, how cynical oh, are people out there? That's not Even though idea, that is pretty much what I plan to do. And uh, <laughs> fortunately, only about... I don't, I, not all of uh, the viewers of the channel listen to this podcast, so it's betwi- right. a secret between you and me and all the listeners that I have actually put on weight so I could... <laughs> I mean, I have actually put on weight, but I've also deliberately not made an effort to lose it because I thought, well, mm. you can make another weight loss series. Good context <laughs> to make a video, right? Let's, uh, um, let's jump into the, the third myth, uh, which is uh, it's difficult to get around Japan if you don't speak Japanese. True and false. True, 31%. False, 69%. There you go. What yeah, do you make of that? I'd have that. I'd have that. It's have pretty that. easy to get around. And every major um, kind of trail, train station stuff, there's usually an information um, booth, and you can usually ask there. Where you pick up the rail passes in Shinjuku Station or Shibuya Station, you always go, I need to get here. Can you help me? And, yeah. Yeah. And, and you, you, can, you can tell, even the, like, the, the, the small period of time I've been going to Japan, um, there's more and more English around, certainly with like, the tube maps and stuff, because that was a big sticking point for a lot of foreigners. They just couldn't understand where the hell they were going. Um, but the but the tube maps have got so it's much everywhere. better. It's everywhere. Oh, I've got, worse. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make oh, a video worse, about it next week, and it's going to be a really boring video because mm. it's just so <laughs> easy. The video is going to be titled like, "Is it difficult to travel around Japan without ja- without Japanese?" And the answer is just going to be yes. And I'm going to make a ten minute video out of that somehow. So that's going to be <laughs> to be fun viewing. Uh, what about Japanese people are super friendly? That's a myth. And is that true or false? How? What do you I think mean, about that? Yeah. Well, they are super friendly, but the problem is, it's like you said in previous episodes, they're um, they're not sure about their level of English, mm. um, but they're, they're incredibly warm people, but just getting through that veneer of shyness is just incredibly hard. Liquor always helps, though. <laughs> like does, the most it? friendly people I've, I've met have usually been in bars and stuff. And to be honest, like when you've been in a bar for a little while, people will be going on places, they'll be like, oh, come along and stuff. And they're, they're incredibly welcoming, incredibly friendly. It's just getting through that um, permafrost of, of, of kind of um, people not being not sure about uh, their level of English well, and, and how confident they are with it. I've, one thing I will say is I did expect... Uh, like, I did expect... Well, when I was get, like, before I came here, that if I went to like a coffee shop or if I was walking down the street, the likelihood of people coming and talking to me would be higher as a foreigner, as right. somebody who's quite rare outside of outside of Tokyo at least. And it really mm. doesn't happen that often. If I'm sat in a coffee no. shop, nobody. I don't think I've ever had anybody say hello to me. Uh, it might just because I'm quite intimidating, and usually when I'm sitting in a coffee shop, I look like I want to kill someone because I'm lost in thought. <laughs> but. I um yeah I don't I don't find that's ever happened and people don't come over and ask for photos either and that that sounds a bit like pretentious like why aren't people taking photos of me Ugh, I'm special but in China in China when I was there like it really mm. did happen quite a lot you just get random people come over and take photos of you so I thought that might happen in Japan because when I visited China it was like a, about a year before I came to Japan so I just thought well. This happened in China, so I guess it will happen in Japan. Maybe it's an Asian thing, but mm. it's not an Asian thing. It's just a Chinese thing, uh, it seems. Yeah. Uh, Japanese people won't take photos of you randomly, although they secretly do want to take photos with you, but they'll wait until you've actually spoken and become friends. 
if you go somewhere that's like a, a like a bit of a tourist trap or like um something like that in in China you'll get lots of pictures but like in Japan you won't unless like schoolgirls do it quite a lot in like kind of if they're on a school trip or something you'll occasionally get a picture taken and stuff so like that's that's fair that's been fairly common if you go mm. somewhere like know, that's true, or something like that but it's not but it, it's it's not a big thing at all really is it you're right um everyone always likes a picture taken at the end of the the evening or the end of the meeting and you know they connect online or um wechat or uh, on on facebook what I will facebook's say, quite a big deal facebook is a massive deal in japan but what i will say is um if you're uh, if you go into a temple, you do find these like uh, school kids roaming around with clipboards, and they'll ask you like two questions. Yes, testing their English, and then they'll be like, "Let's take pictures." I remember last time I did it somewhere down in Tokyo. I think it was Asakusa Sensoji Temple. So like two k- kids asked me like two or three questions, and then they were like, "Do you want a photo?" I was like, "Yeah, all right, I'll take one with you, children." And then they they like dragged me across the temple to a classroom Ooh. of like a, a whole class of like forty kids. And they got me, like, lined up with, like, 40 mm. children. And the teacher was like, oh, thank you for being in the photo. I was like, I'd, I'm, I thought I'd just be, like, two kids, not an entire bloody <laughs> class. And it was really awkward. Just, like, me and 40 <laughs> kids standing there in front of, like, thousands of people wandering around the temple, trying to look happy and as though I was having fun, even though I definitely wasn't. Um, so, yeah, avoid kids. <laughs> and and you're right, going back to avoid Facebook. Kids. Um, Facebook is... It's, it's really annoying, actually, um... If you talk to someone for more than 35 seconds in Japan, they mm. will ask to be your friend on Facebook. That's the that's yeah, like it's everyone a, loves it here so it's much. It's like Pokemon, isn't it? They, everyone sort of likes to collect friends and and the mm. amount of times that that I'll be on Facebook and like there's just all this, you know, kanji on my screen. <laughs> I'm like I don't know what's going on. I don't know <laughs> what that person is. There was one guy um, who I think I met in a bar once, this Japanese dude. Um, he posted a picture on Facebook last week, and it was just him uh, with blood all over his white Yeezy what? trainers, and then him cleaning the white Yeezy trainers. And because it's all in Japanese, I was like, I don't know why he's got blood all over his <laughs> shoes, but I don't think I'm going to ask, to be honest. <laughs> that, that sounds Doshte. pretty horrific, given the lack of context. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
Alright, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stressors. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realise that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension. So you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. Sweet chocolate. Wow. Next myth is, uh, will girls love me because I'm foreign? It's another popular one that comes up. Um, yeah. The idea that as a foreigner, you turn up to Japan, you get off the plane, and then girls are throwing themselves at you. Or guys, uh, if, you look, if, you, if you're mm. a girl. Uh, that people of the opposite sex will throw themselves at you just because you're special and just because you're foreign. I didn't put it to Twitter. Uh, I should have done, but I didn't. Because I'm rubbish. Um, but what do you make of that, Pete? As a as a, <laughs> as, as, a as discussed, Chris, nice young man. Uh, on this show before. What? No, God, no. I mean, I do look like Teabag from Prison Break slash uh, is it Malfoy from the Harry Potter series? Because my do, head's don't you? Shit. How do I never see I, that? Um, not yeah. It's, uh, maybe I'm in a quiet taste, but no, it's just not the case. But like, if you're you sort of see men in clubs and bars who are very sort of forthright and they think um, it's going to be a lot easier. Maybe it is easier, maybe mm. it's more difficult, I don't know. But it's rather kind of uh, depressing to sort of see men, usually dressed in cargo shorts, usually sweating, usually drinking like Soshu or something, uh, drunk you, out of their minds, just you heard really the aggressively term... chasing women who are not interested. It is, yeah, that's it's pretty common, especially in Osaka, I find. But have you found the right, uh, okay. this term gaijin, I hate the term, gaijin hunter? You heard this term before? Oh, gaijin hunter, yes. Can't so stand like, uh, it. I, I only found out that guy and jin, so jin means person and guy means outside, so you know outside that, really? person. It's like the most... I, I didn't I know that. word so yeah. often, I hate the word so much. Because um, yeah. it tends to be overused by everyone. And people like to play up the fact that Everyone that isn't Japanese is a gaijin and all this stuff. But yeah, gaijin hunter, mm. it typically, you tip, the kind of the typical gaijin hunter is a, is a girl who's interested in foreign guys just because they're foreign and different and magical. And they will go to the ends of the earth to try and pull kind of <laughs> foreign guys. And I find it can be true. You do find a lot of people out there who are like that, who clearly you meet them and you can tell that they definitely want to date a foreign boyfriend uh do want a foreign guy but um yeah i don't know maybe it's not as common as you'd think 
I, th- I think in many ways, um, girls, um, in a- anywhere you go, I think, um, they're not up for a quick and easy, you know, piece of sexual congress, let's say. Um, they want a relationship, as everyone wants a relationship. Mm. So I think uh, it uh, belittles an entire nation, or <laughs> roughly half a nation, well, to sort of say there's find... women out there that want, that want, that want white, white, white people or black people or people who don't look like uh, you. Blonde-haired, blue-eyed Sorry, people do, do tend to do better in the whole right, like, okay. in the grand scheme of things. Um, and uh, are much okay. more... So I need to get the contacts out. Yeah, a lot more... <laughs> deceptive. Get the contacts deceptive out. Of you. <laughs> yeah, I do find they tend to be a lot more popular here. I don't know why that is. I guess it's because everyone here's black, got black hair and whatnot, but they're the ones. I, I, uh, we were in a bar, me and you, and uh, there was a girl next to me, and uh, I said, oh, you've got very uh, interesting eyes, like, you know, blue eyes. And, and you shouted from the other side of the table, they're contacts! <laughs> Did I? I don't remember that. Yeah. Where was that? Uh, we Which were all, was that? We're all very merry, very merry. There's some bar in uh, in Hakata, I think, somewhere. Natsuki was with us. Um, he would probably bust... I think it was before I busted out I Want It That Way uh, on uh, on the old karaoke. But uh, that's a big thing as well. Women wear um, a lot of uh, a lot of contact lenses. Mm. I yeah, it creeps me more out, than, More than anywhere else. I don't... <laughs> I remember I went on a date with a, a girl two or three years ago... For some reason, we went to a family dining restaurant. I don't know why she wanted to go there. It's not a good place for a date, going to, like, Denny's or Gusto or Coco's. <laughs> but, yeah, she was wearing these on, these these ominous eye contacts, and it just scared the hell out of me. I couldn't make I couldn't make eye contact with her. And I just I had to yeah. keep looking away and staring into my glass of orange juice, which was what I was Could drinking really on this horrific date. Um, <laughs> Could you really tell the difference? Could you really tell... The, that they were contact lenders, they were just well, yeah, too crazy. Because all, all Japanese people have like dark eyes, right? And she was like, had yeah, blight, okay, right. a bright, I can't even say bright blue. She had bright blue eyes, and it just didn't work. <laughs> and they were clearly looked fake. There was some sort of weird pattern in them as well. They're like a zombie or something. Oh, wow, fucking horrible. That's spooky. Like, what, what made you think <laughs> wearing these eye contact lenses would enhance your like <laughs> would enhance this like date in any way? Or, like, lead to something happening. Um, so, yeah. Whoa. Scared the hell out of me. What about this last Spooky. myth, though? Kobe beef is the best quality beef in Japan. Now, you haven't had Kobe beef, have you? Uh, have I not? What did you give me when, we went, to, you, when we went to Nithos? Uh, Yamagata beef. Oh, that was so good. I've, I don't eat a lot of beef nowadays, but I've got a rule that if I get the chance to eat Kobe beef or the, the marbled Yamagata beef, that is the beef I'm going to eat. Because it <laughs> oh, it's... Incredible! It's like eating butter, but amazing butter that doesn't make you sad because you've eaten a lot of butter. It's so good. I remember your reaction while you're eating it. It it was the reaction of someone that was very <laughs> moved by that beef. Um, <laughs> I was almost in tears. What a lot of people don't know is when people think of beef in Japan, right? They think of Kobe beef, this very expensive, highly prized, sought after beef. But Kobe beef and Wagyu beef are different. People always get them muddled up. Wagyu beef just means Japanese beef. And uh, right. Kobe beef is a cut of Wagyu beef. It's raised in Kobe, Hyogo Prefecture. Mm. And uh, to foreigners, that we think it's the best beef ever. But actually, it's not necessarily regarded as the best beef in Japan. Uh, there's all sorts of ones. Mm. There's Yonezawa, there's Yamagata, the one you tried, which is one of my favourites. And they all have a mm. slight different taste and taste uh, taste of them. The Kobe beef one, I couldn't actually eat it. I've eaten nearly every cut of beef in Japan now, uh, which mm. doesn't make me sound that good. 
given yeah I mean it's pretty bad isn't it I, it's not cheap and it is very fattening it's less beef more just a lump of fat but I couldn't finish Kobe beef it just felt like eating butter and I felt really yeah. sick and I had to stop eating the steak and I had to be careful because I thought the chef was going to get really offended with me that I couldn't eat this expensive beef that he'd spent like the last half hour cooking um, yeah. So, yeah, don't necessarily just go for Kobe beef. There's lots of good cuts. There's Yonezawa, there's Matazaka, there's Omigu. There's all sorts of different varieties. And Kobe beef isn't necessarily the best one. So mm. don't necessarily go for that one. So let's dive into some vocabulary. The three ones that I thought we would go for relate to the three myths that I put to the Twitter, the good folks on Twitter. Oh, uh, okay. The first cool. one is, uh, I think you might know this, vending machine. What's vending machine Japanese? I have not got a blummin' clue, really? to be honest, Chris. I thought you knew this one. Not I don't know why clue. I thought you knew it. No. I thought you were the vending machine Doesn't master. Always, uh, I am the sweet corn soup from the vending machine master. There's oh, a right. difference. I should have Very put, important I should difference. have put that to you in Japanese, sweet corn soup. <laughs> uh, all right, it's, uh, this is quite a tough one. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. I'm prepared. All right, it's jido hanbaiki. Automatic sales point kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Jido hanbaiki. Hanbaiki. Jido hanbaiki. Yeah, jido means automatic, and hanbai means like sales, and ki means tool or machine. So jido hanbaiki. It, it really, it really does help sort of knowing these um kanji. these com- compound words, I guess, mm. isn't it? Because it's kind of like because the, the kanji is a really good example because it kind of gives you everything you need, sort of, if you know what the kind of components are. That's um, right. I was doing a pub quiz last week, and I was very annoyed because kara uh, oke. Uh, uh, came up uh, and they said, "What does karaoke mean?" And uh, obviously, it's quite famously um, empty orchestra. Crikey, what uh, is it? Yeah. And I said, "Quiet orchestra, or silent orchestra." Um, forgetting, of course, that karate, kara and te, te being short for hand, I think, and kara again, empty, empty hand, empty orchestra. I should have known this, Chris, but in my haste and excitement, I wrote silent instead of empty, so muffed it right up. I only got half a point. School very going. That was your, moment, your one moment to yeah. shine, and it all went up in smoke. One moment to shine, there's very rare... Well, next week, when Jiddle Hanbaiki comes, comes up, up, when Vending Machine comes yeah. up, which it definitely Jiddle won't, uh, you've got Baiki. that in your arsenal of vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the second myth was about uh, Japan being futuristic, which it isn't, the land of fax machines and poor quality banking. Uh, the future, uh. how do you say future in Japanese? There's two potential words I know th- you can use for this. Right, I... I know one of them because um, my very favourite Japanese learning app is Mirai Japanese. Um, so I don't know why it's future Japanese, but I did know the word Mirai. M-I-R-A-I. Mirai. Mirai. And actually, Asimo the robot is in the... Uh, I can't remember what it's called. The Mirai... Hakabutsukan? The Mirai Museum in Odaiba. Uh, yeah, Hakabutsukan, yes. Yeah, Mirai means the future in general. It's kind of a more distant and intangible future to the second word. So if you're using Mirai, you kind of mm. picture like flying cars 50 to 100 years away. The second word, you you don't know it. Not coming out? No. Usually like people often use it when they're talking about their careers or their dreams. And it is uh, Shorai. Shorai. Ah, so use shorai. the same Rai at the end of it. Shorai, Mirai. Ah. But Shorai is kind of used for more personal, short-term future. So like, you know... If you're talking about shorai, you'd sort of say, like, shorai, shorai wa, I don't know, ego no sensei ni narita. Like, I want to be a future in the future. 
A future in the future? Fucking hell. I want, I to, want be to be a teacher a future in, the future. in the future. I want to be, I want to be a future teacher in the future. I want a future teacher <laughs> in the future. And the last one, to travel. Given the last myth was about uh, travelling. Related to travelling no. in Japan without Japanese. You don't know? It is I don't know this one. Don't know this one. Ryokosuru. Ryokosuru. Like R-Y-O-K-I-U. Ryokosuru. If you want to say overseas yeah. travel, you can say Kaigai Ryoko. Uh, if you want to say, like, I'll go on an overseas trip, it's Kaigai Ryoko ni Ikitai. I want to go on an overseas trip, yeah. Ryoko uh, Your three vocabulary. Your three words of the week. Lovely, lovely old job. Oh, yeah. So, um, can I, can, can, can can. I talk about Ikitai? So, I think we discussed this in previous vocabulary lessons. Tai means to want to do something. Correct. Uh, so, if you want to drink something, uh, nomitai. <laughs> uh, and if you want to eat something, tabatai. Iki, ikitai, is that shof ikimas? Good, yeah, yeah. So, like, iki, iku is to go. Ikimas is like yeah. to go I, in more formal language. So, you drop off mas. Right, and okay. Tai. Ikitai, I want to go. Nomimas, tabimas, th- I want to eat, I want to drink. Nomitai, tabitai. Yeah, it's quite simple. Actually, Japanese, a lot of it, it's quite simple, things like that. There's lots of simple rules. Yeah. Adding kuni to something is kind of makes it the, the opposite effect. Mm, mm. And tai is a really good example of sort of wanting to do something. It's impossibly difficult for a person like me, but for anyone with their wits about them, it's a lot easier than they think. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So there's your, uh, there's your three words of the week. What memes are you going to use for that? You should use some of your clever memes. For, uh, yeah, I do like uh, whenever I'm trying to remember a remember a uh, remember a word. I always uh, draw something. So like, Jido Hanbaiki is a tough one. Jido Hanbaiki. Yeah, How Dickens. Are you gonna memorise that? No, I remember the word for museum Hakabutsukan because it's the word haiku but without the i. And I always think of standing in a uh, museum reciting Ooh. a haiku. So that gets me started. Anything that gets you started gets you in the ballpark of what you're going to sort of remember. Um, uh, I was talking uh, quite uh, recently about my, what my dad did. Hmm. Uh, and it's uh, and uh, the drink in the UK, tango, which is like an apple sort of orange drink. Oh, good old uh, if you ch- and I think tango means vocabulary, doesn't it? It does, yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah. I wonder so if, if you can sort of link one of those words. Yeah. <laughs> That's good, yeah, that's it seems like thinking. a weird word for them to use. Mm. And also, Ringo is apple. I mean, we could go on like this and just sort of, you know, extrapolate out words that remind me of different it's words. Ep- but, it's a future um, episode tang- in the making, that is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, tango is word. Tanko is um, mine, I think. Correct, like a yeah. like a like a coal mine or a silver mine or a, any kind of mine. And uh, I was thinking of my dad, who used to be a miner. Um, his face is all saggy now because he's an old man. Um, so I think um, Saguin, which is um, labourer. So Tanko Saguin was my dad's shigoto, his, his, his job, his work back in the day. So genius. that's how I remember things. I remember little pictures of, you know, my dad looking like an old saggy man down the mine <laughs> with his oh, tango. <laughs> this, is, this is good, though. You should, like, write a genuine language Find your book truth. for Japanese with all these, like... Strange For ways people who of my dad. words, all these mnemonics. <laughs> dear, dear. All right, let's dive into some wacky news of the week. So, uh, apparently, um, there's been a, a survey. You've been bashing out some surveys on Twitter, but you're not the only one, Chris. Not the you're only not the one, survey mate. king, mate. Yeah, they're everywhere. You, are, you do not have the monopoly on surveying people, for crying out loud. Um, the Japanese survey site, uh, Minano Koe, everybody's voice. Uh, recently posed the question. <laughs> Is that everybody's voice? Yeah, Minano Koe, oh, so everybody's cool. voice. Ah, the voice that belongs voice to everybody. People, so yeah. Mina means everybody. Oh, right. Um, it posed the question, what characteristics in a woman would make you think it'd be impossible to have a romance with her? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so this is... 
Um, the responses came from uh, 869 male participants, and, uh, and and these are the hurdles that men find difficult to get over. And uh, Am I right in saying that these are Japanese men? They are, yeah. Uh, her speech or body language is masculine. Oh. Uh, that was a big, big um, tipping point for people. People just can't get over that. But that's only 6%, 6%, 6% of, of the uh, uh, 869 participants. So that's not as bad as I, I thought it would be necessarily. Because you think, mm. when, when you think Japan, often you think that is synonymous with, the country is synonymous with gender inequality, right? And uh, mm. that would be a factor there. Um, yeah, that's still quite bad though, isn't it? <laughs> Number six, she often complains or talks about being unhappy. 6.3%. I mean, you, you do have a say in that, mate, to be honest. <laughs> you, you could help out a bit, couldn't you? Yeah. She often complains about, <laughs> talk about being ha- unhappy. You're probably a big part of that, knowing a knowing <laughs> typical male. Uh, number five, she's considerate only towards the people she's got a crush on. 6.9%. Oh. What the hell does that even mean? I don't... I mean, no, I'm not really sure, to be honest. I'd she's be a bit upset. I'd be a bit only put towards out. the people she's got a crush on. <laughs> Isn't that... Doesn't that kind of make sense? Um, number four, she's got a selfish, princess-like mentality. 18%. Yeah, mm. I can kind of relate to that. I mean, that's just common sense, isn't it? Again, you should be treating her like a princess. So, you know, if you're going to treat her like a princess, you're going to be a princess. So Sorry. that's a good thing, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the anger of Pete Donaldson. Uh, number three, she looks like she's having so much fun when she's bad-mouthing other people. 19.3%. That's a turn-off. Uh, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, I, any, I, th- I think that... Oh, no, I love a gossip, Chris. Um, well, you're a radio DJ. That's what I. It's my. Um, it's my currency, mate. It's my social ammunition. Um, but I think anyone who uh, the most un- unattractive trait is anyone, uh, male or female, or or anyone in between. Uh, anyone whose um, sole purpose in life is to whinge about someone else. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's not an attractive trait, is it? And I think that's something. As I've grown older, I've realised is unattractive, and so. I try not to do it quite so much. Quick reminder to listeners to uh, mail in your comments about Pete's Pete Donaldson's voice <laughs> to bronjapanpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, okay. Point number two, the second biggest reason, the biggest turn-off, uh, is she's wasteful and poor at managing her finances, 19.4%. Uh, that's not a surprise. We've suddenly gone up. It's a big <laughs> leap, isn't it? Got 90% yeah, now. That. 90% of all the guys thought this is a big deal. That having a girl who's yeah. wasteful and poor at managing her finances is a big kind of big turn off. I, I didn't realise that, that was um, such a big deal, to be honest. But I mean, that's very much her business, isn't it? Unless she's massively in debt and she's asking for, you know, to lend money all the time. But I mean, yeah, I, that's just standard uh, stuff. That's just common sense, isn't it? Just people being well, a often bit in of Japan, like women manage the finances. Women like are the right. ones that look like look after the money, and often guys. Right. Uh, are at the mercy of their wife's financial accounting. The wife decides have how you much... Met, have you met men, Chris? This is exactly how it should go. We're idiots. <laughs> we can't be trusted. Yeah. We go out and we buy drones, and we go out and we buy microphones to do podcasts with. We're idiots. <laughs> Speak for yourself, mate. Speak for yourself. No, you're right, mate. You absolutely are. <laughs> um, number one, though, she has poor hygiene. 20 f- 20%. 20%. It's the, the number one reason. Uh, having a woman who has poor hygiene is the number one turn-off. Now, that's, that, that's, that's a given, isn't it, for anyone? How can, someone, uh, j- how can Japanese people even have bad hygiene when 
they don't really sweat. It's really hard to buy deodorant in Japan because mm. uh, they're uh, they're genetically predisposed not to have um, a certain kind of uh, microbe that, uh, that, that that doesn't sweat, that doesn't smell. So it, it must be quite a quite an achievement, especially with all the onsens and stuff. And the little bar and the little showers and stuff. There's no excuse. The showers all over the place. No. But what I would say Crying to you, Pete, is what can you extrapolate from the seven points? What can what does this tell you about Japanese men and their attitude towards I'll t- women? I'll tell you. I'll tell you exactly what it tells me, Chris. <laughs> Japanese men and men in general are whingy little swines. An excellent, an excellent <laughs> conclusion. An excellent conclusion. I think we'll so. leave that there. <laughs> Time to dive into the questions. <laughs> Yay! Let's get with the emails and the messages and the tweets and stuff. Lovely old job. Go for it. I'll let you dive into the first all right, question. Then, um, all right, then. Paulie G, possibly a relation to Gina G, the winner of Eurovision one year. Uh, I'll be travelling to Japan mid-April, and it will be my second time there. I met a girl last time, and I would like to ask her out. Is a proper way to do this... Kono ato do desu ka? Or is there a proper way to do this? Kono ato do desu ka? Yeah. After uh, this, uh, how about doing something... It kind of means, like, how about doing something after this? Or from how now, about like, doing something future? after this? How about we ah, do something? Okay. Uh, sounds a bit dodgy to me. Um, yeah. I I met a girl last time. I'd like to ask her out. Is a proper way to do this? Proper way to do this would be, let's go for a drink. Just ishoni nomimasenka. Like just simple. Don't want to go yeah. for a drink. Don't don't overthink it. Just uh, be natural. Don't make it seem like a date. Make it seem like you're just going for a drink and. Uh, Go from there. Exactly. Dating I mean, I, I hope she hasn't moved on since you last arrived in Japan, but, I mean, fair dues if you're still in contact. And you did, yeah, you, you didn't think, point uh, out you th- Paul you G. You didn't point out when the last time was. Uh, <laughs> it would be my second time Certainly an important there, factor in uh, how that will play out. <laughs> She's married with kids. But good luck. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, just, just go for a drink. Do a bit of karaoke. Job's yeah, done, one, one of my first one of my first bits of vocabulary I ever learned was "mainichi uh, biru Um <laughs> which I think might be "every day I drink beer." Correct. Um, which I would shout all the time. Um, so maybe just shout that every day I drink beer. Why don't you come with me? Well, to be fair, it, <laughs> although you, you run the risk of sounding like an alcoholic, it would be yeah, it would show like <laughs> kind of witty sense of humour. I mean, yeah, not very good, not a great level of wit, but it'll it'll do. It'll do. What's what's the what's what's Japanese for? My liver hurts. I don't. You know what? I don't actually know the I don't actually know the noun for liver. I bet it's like I think it's something liver. really literal, like belly meat or something. Why well, you read out the second question? I'm going to look up the word liver. You're going to look up the word liver. I think you might. I might, even might just be liver. Actually, like a river, liver. A river. I'm going to check that out though. Ah, you crack a liver runs through it. Um... Hello to uh, Alex. Hey, guys. During my time in college getting my engineering degree, I did a month, a six-month uh, internship at a university in Okinawa, Japan. Uh, throughout my time there, I began picking up Japanese, and I generally became pretty good at it, but obviously not perfect for someone picking up for the first time. Um, I knew how to ask for basic items, ask for the bathroom and various basic necessities. One day when I was at the local Max Value, which I think is a supermarket, mm-hmm. uh, I was looking for some chicken to cook up. Uh, cook up. <laughs> Unfortunately, on that day, I forgot the word for chicken. <laughs> I tried using the word tori, but uh, that was uh, more for the word bird, and they oh, still tori. didn't really understand what I meant. After a uh, couple of minutes of talking to a cashier, I finally resorted to putting my hands in my armpit and clucking like a chicken out loud. <laughs> After an extremely awkward stare back at 
at me. The teenage girl cashier pointed me to the corner of the store to where the chicken was. I've never forgotten that day, and that was definitely a fun learning experience for me. I uh, hope you enjoy the story, and feel free to use it on the show. We will. We will, Alex. That's fantastic. A buck buck. A buck buck. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie, that wasn't the best... The best course of action. No. I mean, it seemed to work. Fair play to him. Fantastic. Going back to the, the all-important question that we've all been waiting for, how do you say liver in Japanese? Okay. My instincts were yes. correct. You do actually say... Uh, you can say leba. Leba. Mm. Leba. Yeah. Uh, you use that for, like, yakitori, for, like, liver on a stick, which doesn't sound that ah. good the way I just phrased it, but uh, it is all right. Liver on a stick. Or if you're talking about <laughs> it in your body, like, in terms of an organ... Yeah. <laughs> in your body, God. Uh, kanzo. 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 Liver. <laughs> I'll put it on my list. <laughs> I, know, I always forget to write these down, but I really should, Chris. Given how Animal. much you drink, uh, next, time, in ja- <laughs> next yeah. time you're in Japan, Just holding my it might actually come in useful Kanzo. if you end up in hospital. Ah! <laughs> 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 Alright, one more oh, question. Wow. Have we got enjoyed- any more questions? Oh. Oh, yeah, we have, haven't we? Sorry. Uh, Joshua Callister. Hello, Joshua Callister. Uh, the Callister sounds like something in the body. Oh, me Callister's aching. Uh, for everyone out there who is learning Japanese or any language, really, what advice could you give for handling those awkward conversations or awkward situations when you're midway through talking and then you don't understand one or two sentences and the conversation kind of falls apart? Well, we already know the answer, don't I don't we? think I... Fucking yeah. put your hands under your armpits and cluck like a chicken. It's job done, isn't it? <laughs> Definitely. It's a secret. Yeah. I've noticed the people, certainly in Japanese, people use the word ano when they're thinking. Yeah. Ano. There's a lot of that about. Um, or saw this. It's the relation. It's, it's remember, like, the, uh, remember the phrase a few weeks ago? Yeah, saw this near. The, uh, yeah. the Swiss Army knife of Japanese phrases. Whenever something goes to shit, you just go, <laughs> oh, saw this there. It literally means. Is that it right? is so, isn't it? Which. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's the equivalent of going, Honto- all right. Hontoni yeah. is another one. All right. Hon- oh, Hontoni. Yeah. Is that mm. true? Sordesne. Sordesne. <laughs> so, yeah. Sordesne. I In my first week in Japan, I went to the international centre in the, the town I lived, uh, in Sakata, in mm. Yamagata, and um, some guy was talking for... He talked to him for about 30 minutes, and at that time I didn't know any English, and for 30 minutes I just nodded and went, ah, oh, oh, Sordesne, And he, he genuinely thought that I knew Japanese. Solisner alone <laughs> got me through that conversation. So, yeah, that's the only phrase you need. The trouble of using anor is if you don't know any Japanese, anor is kind of like you're leading into something. So if you go anor, yeah. anor, and then you don't have anything, <laughs> you're fucked. Unless you say anor, solisner, but then that's just weird. That's <laughs> yeah. It's like going, uh, is that right? <laughs> Oh, yeah. is that true? Uh, yeah, is that right? Yeah, oh, I don't know. It's, it's confusing. Yeah, we'll get there, won't we, Chris? We'll get or there. I'll get there. We'll get there. Never mind. That's the main thing. So, if you want to get in touch with the show, how do people get in touch? I always forget the Gmail address. To be honest, we've, I've said like three times in this podcast. A broad Japan know, podcast just, you know, at gmail dot com. This is my radio training, Chris. You always have to do the call to action at the end of everything because uh, people want to get involved at the end. They're enjoying well, the content too much to get involved. See, you're right. You're right. <laughs> but you know what? You know what to send to the uh, the email address now criticism of Pete's accent um, and any questions for future podcasts oh. anything you want us to discuss send it in guys and it will appear in a future podcast but for now I think we'll call it a day we'll see you thanks next for week. listening guys we'll see you next Wednesday
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.